Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John Ronaldo. John, how are you doing uh, on this fine Thursday morning? I'm, I'm bunkered down at home, much like the rest of America and maybe even the rest of the world in some places. So just trying to, to, to get by. I got the kids home, family's home, wife's home, you know, and trying to still reach out and do ministry and trying to balance everything and kids schoolwork. It's kind of just different. It's I'm working from home as normal, except now I've got all this background noise. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've worked from my house before, especially when I do marathon youth ministry stuff or church podcast stuff. Uh, you know, I, I've gone home because it's just uh, a little bit easier to do that. But uh, yeah, with having the kids at home and making sure that they're okay um, that's one thing. My wife is um, busy at work because she works in the medical field. So uh, this is kind of a new experience for all of us and, and, and many of us. And so, uh, you know, uh, John and I, uh, last Friday, right, we jumped on right away and we're like, hey, we got to talk about uh, the coronavirus and, and we threw that episode out. And so that dropped early. Um, and if you didn't check it out, uh, go to the churchpodcast.org. But, um, you know, we also decided, hey, you know, while people are at home, um, and maybe uh, need a break from their other telecommuting responsibilities that we would give some relief right here on the YM Transfer um, uh, uh, Facebook group uh, and uh, do a little live uh, um, church podcast. So if you're watching live, feel free to uh, put any questions you have in the comment box. Uh, if you are listening to this, um, we will do our best to re-record um, you know, or, or repeat those questions as well. Um, but you can definitely go to the YM Transfer Facebook page to watch this because it will be up there. Um, so John, uh, a lot has been changing and a lot has been changing quickly. Um, and I think that's an understatement in so many different ways. Uh, just curious from last Friday when we did our last recording of the podcast to now, what are some of the things like new things that you're learning uh, with this whole um, coronavirus uh, uh, COVID situation going on? Yeah, there's been a lot. I've been reaching out to a lot of parishes and dioceses and, and just kind of getting a sense of where they're at and what they're thinking about, you know, and, and it's been really fascinating. The, the, the news cycle is moving very quickly, obviously, and, and that's a challenge for all of us. I think, you know, it's like every day there's changing news, although I feel like yesterday like it, it calmed a little bit. I was hearing more facts than hysteria, which maybe it's just my interpretation of the news. But, but last Friday we said, if you haven't closed everything down yet, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Well, that took yeah. about four days before a matter of time came around, you know, so, um, you know, so it's been interesting to see what the, the actual questions and struggles are, right? You know, people are really scrambling to figure out, uh, which I appreciate, how do we use video conferencing and technology to still stay connected with folks, right? And I'm getting a lot of questions around that. Uh, uh, a lot of the conversations are about sacramental preparation formation and, and the retreats that they're not going on. And what do we do about that? So we'll address, we'll address some of that. Certainly we've got some, a lot of comments and questions about uh, online giving and, and how do we keep, you know, the doors open? Well, the doors should be closed right now, but how do we keep the doors and the lights and, and the bills going when people aren't coming to mass to give money? You know, that's a question, right? And then how do we lead in this time? You know, one of the things that I've been seeing and where I really want to start off, Chris, is like people are not being proactive. Uh, we're being reactive as church. Um, and, and, and we mentioned in our last episode, like, you know, I hate to say it this way, but there's an opportunity here. 
right? You know, in the craziness in the world and the darkness of the world, there's an opportunity here, you know, and, and what my sense is, what I'm hearing is, is church leaders are still being run by fear and being managed by fear. And so we just felt like we had another episode that we were going to drop, you know, soon, but we're like, we're postponing that because we just felt like, okay, we need to continue this conversation and kind of help people out in this world of coronavirus. So I'm hearing all sorts of things. And, you know, those are some of the things that we're going to try to address today. And, uh, and I know, Chris, you've been doing some really interesting and good, good uh, creative outreach in your parish. And so I want to hear about that as well. And hopefully we'll share some best practices with, with our listeners, both on Facebook Live today and also on the church podcast. Well, and, and you know, it's interesting because uh, you mentioned how last week we talked about it's an opportunity. And one of the things I'm kind of kicking myself uh, for doing a little bit is the fact that um, with this opportunity, even though I thought I was being proactive, I'm still being reactive. And to tell the truth, I think all of us are being reactive because even though we saw the um, saw coronavirus, you know, making its way over to the United States, I think, a lot, and, and some of us were preparing in different ways. Uh, one thing that we're reacting to is everyone going to their homes. And then, you know, I don't know about you, and it was amazing and it was beautiful. And it was also kind of overwhelming at the same time was just the amount of like communication I got from not just churches, but from like businesses, right? And it was kind of like, all of a sudden I felt as an entrepreneur that I was falling behind. All of a sudden as a youth minister, I felt I was falling behind because I saw, you know, youth nights, uh, virtual youth nights pop up. I saw churches going online. I, you know, I saw businesses making all these decisions and everything. And it all of a sudden created this like anxiety. And, and you know, as I was talking to um, some of my clients um, on Monday, uh, it occurred to me like, whoa, 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 before we completely react, we have to sit down and set up some parameters and guidelines, right? And so I've been putting this on Instagram Live and, and um, even on, on my blog this morning where I shared, you know, make sure you set up time for prayer. Make sure you set up family time. Make sure you set up time where you are shutting things down and taking care of yourselves before you start creating virtual ministry, creating virtual church and all these different things. Because th those need to be done. It's not a time to be on vacation, but it's definitely a time to start setting up some parameters so that you don't burn yourself out before we even get ourselves into this. Um, and so the ideas and the, and the things that I, I know, John, we want to share, we want to make sure that, um, we, that people don't walk away feeling overwhelmed, that uh, what we're doing is these are things that you have time to implement. You don't have to necessarily figure them out like now or by yesterday, but these are things to implement because what you are building, like anything, if you build it well, takes time, research, and calculation, and granted there will be a, a dip or a step back, but um, in, in a way you can't afford to burn yourself out before this thing even gets started, because I think we're going to be in this for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be at least a month-long endeavor, uh, you know, and if not more, but let, let's start with that, Chris, because I think if there's a time this is the time to, to calm, to be calm and to pray. There is a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. Uh, there's a lot of concern about a lot of different things. And that's normal, okay? That's normal human nature, you know? And so how do we take care of ourselves? That's what you're, take, you're moving us towards all right, right there, Chris, is how do we take care of ourselves during this time? Uh, now, I'm not saying I'm doing it well because I got the craziness. You probably hear in the background. I've got the craziness of three kids at home. 
you know, uh, one's trying to do work, the other two are just running around crazy, you know, uh, you know, playing or yelling and whatnot. But how do you take time out to, to reflect, to relax and to pray and to really calm down? Uh, I think that's, I think that's a huge piece for us. And, and, and as much as I feel like we shouldn't have to say that as church leaders, like we need to stop and pray and calm down. The reality is we need to remind ourselves of that more often because even right. me, like I'm sitting there going, Oh, I haven't done that enough. I haven't had enough reflection time. I have enough prayer time, you know? And so even me, I'm talking to myself here, you know, it's yeah. like, we've got to take this time to, to, to reflect, to discern, to pray, and just, just try to be calm there is a world out there that's reacting um, and some of the reaction is not logical toilet paper people, you know? And so like, <laughs> it's not logical. And so how do we, how as church leaders, how do we present calm? That's exactly what the world needs right now. And if we can be that, as we do some of these other activities like virtual youth nights and, and whatever else and, and, and pastorally reaching out to folks, we're going to draw people into us because of our demeanor, because of our calm demeanor. And so that's what people need. And, and the people that are calm and being proactive, not reactive, that's who's going to quote unquote win the day. Now, I don't right. know what winning the day really means in this circumstance, but I want to draw people, not to me, I want to draw people to the church. I want to draw people to Christ through me, right? That's, that's how God uses us. So how do we be calm? How do we pray? And, and, and how do we be proactive? And how do we be that, that inviting element in the lives of the people that we're going to touch? I think that's the first place we have to start. And, and I'm, I'm speaking to myself here, Chris. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, we, we've talked about this before. A lot of this podcast is self-talk for ourselves. I mean, um, yeah. you know, and, uh, and just a reminder for some of the things that we need to do, um, not just in, in my parish ministry job, but even at Parish Success Group and Marathon Youth Ministry, right? A lot of these things that we, we talk about, um, I think, are just uh, ways of self-reminding. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think where we start is just again, looking at your calendars and um, saying, or looking at your schedule and saying, okay, tomorrow, um, when am I going to start my day? When am I going to sit down in front of this computer? And, and then when, when am I closing things down at the end of the day? Because really the majority of our work is going to be taking place in front of a screen. So we've got to figure out the start time and that end time. And then we also got to think about when we're taking those breaks. You know, um, one of the things that occurred to me yesterday is like, all right, at lunch, I'm going to step away from the computer. I'm going to sit down and have lunch with my family um, or, or at least with my kids. Um, and uh, and then I'm not going to step back until, you know, a little bit post lunch um, and, and, and do something a little bit different. Um, you know, getting up in the morning, like I don't have to jump on my computer right away because I don't have like that 20 minute uh, drive to the church. Um, you know, so I'm going to ease myself into that day. And then, and most importantly, um, I'm going to take still, you know, a days off where I don't do work. Um, and so for me, uh, what that's going to mean, because I've been so much on social media now with ministry stuff that I'm not, I've got to cut out social media or else I'm going to get sucked back into work, you know, during my time off. So I think, uh, th there are things like that where um, setting up those boundaries are so important, um, especially as we enter into this virtual world. Yeah, working at home strategies is really important. You gotta, you gotta 
keep your day the way you've always had it, you know, except you're just not going anywhere. That, that's, and I've learned that from just working out, <laughs> excuse me, working at home myself for a long time, you know, is, is I've got to get up, I've got to shower, I got to shave, I've got to get dressed, not wear pajamas, right? You know, and treat, treat what you're doing at home as a normal, as normal as could be in the circumstances. Treat it as a work day because we're still getting paid. As you said, Chris, this is not a vacation time, you know, and again, this is, this is, it's crisis time. There's no doubt about that, you know, but we've got to maintain some of these boundaries that are really going to help us out. And I did the same thing yesterday. You know, I, I had uh, my two oldest kids were working on, on work. My wife's a teacher. And so she's trying to do all this distance learning. And so mm-hmm. about 1145, we all stopped and said, okay, it's lunchtime. We made lunch and did like, that's good strategy, but you've got to treat, working from home as a normal working day and keep the hours that you would typically work. I think that's a real important piece. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think, Oh, go ahead, Chris. No, I was just going to say for those of you who are watching live, you know, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Like what is uh, the biggest thing that you're learning about the balance of telecommuting and, uh, and homeschooling and home life? Um, uh, Because yeah, John, I I think we can definitely learn from, from people like you who, have been doing a little bit of telecommuting. I mean, like you mentioned before, now you have the kids at home, which makes it a little bit more complicated. But um, yeah, from the, for those of you who homeschool or for those of you who telecommute, like this is where your wisdom can definitely help um, not just those of us in ministry, but the church in general, because a lot of us are, are learning how to do that. Yeah. And there's been a lot of good podcasts and articles out there, uh, you know, about this. I know the Chicago Tribune did an article about working at home. And then one of the podcasts I listened to called the manager tools, uh, mm-hmm. they recently re-released a working from home, uh, podcast that they, they did it because of the coronavirus. And so, uh, manager tools has been one of my favorites for a long time. And so there's some really good strategies there. I would check that out. Chris, I'd like to turn a little bit of the conversation in terms of, especially with pastoral pastors and pastor, uh, pastoral administrators, how do you keep leading, you know, and managing your staff during this time? Uh, you know, that, that is, is what, what I've discovered is kind of a challenge for folks, because this is new for church. Like, you know, people may work from home for a couple hours here and there, you know, depending on what's going on, but not as a regular basis, right? They always have the face-to-face interaction with folks at your parish office or whatnot. And I, I think the first thing that, that we have to really think about first, if you're a pastor, a pastor administrator, business manager, someone who's, who's really in charge here at the church, you need to really be taking a look at what the, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control is saying about best practices right now. Look, right now they're saying no more than 10 people together. You know, um, best practice, they're, they're saying everyone who can should be working at home. Now, some states, like my state, Nevada, they've closed all, uh, all non-essential businesses. So, Chris, just to see how big of a deal this is, all of our casinos are closed for 30 days at least, right? Wait, wait, wait. That's essential. I, I need to, <laughs> you know, how, you know, but right. You're, no, you're right. I mean, like, yeah, that, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I, I've been talking with parishes and diocesan staff. They're still working from the office. Look, folks, uh, I understand the desire to work from the office, but our government, our, the CDC is saying, don't so you you as a pastor as a as a bishop as a pastor administrator whatever your role is you need to be sending your staff home and having them work from home it is it's for their safety and for yours right we 
as far as I'm concerned, the quicker we lock down, Chris, the quicker we'll get out of this, you know? Well, uh, that, that's the mentality, <laughs> right? The mentality is the more that people, you know, it, you just think about, think about yourself individually when you get sick, right? The, the sooner you shut things down and rest and sleep and recover, uh, the, the sooner you'll recover. And, and yeah. it's kind of like the world needs to get in step and do that together. And, and that's hard. And, and, and I agree. I think like um, it's challenging and, and, and it's challenging because so many of us have never done this before. That's right. I've never been in this world. And I agree that one of the first steps is for a, a pastor or for leadership is to check in with like the CDC or World Health Organization. But the other thing I would add is check in with your coworkers um, and see how they're feeling. Because John, I'm sure, like you mentioned the casinos, there are so many people who are going to have to say like no to um and stop and cancel and reschedule like things that are going to impact them emotionally um just to be personal my youngest sister is getting married in june and the vendors have been reaching out to her being like when can we res what's your possible reschedule date if we don't get out of this by late june right and so uh, you know I, talking to my sister she is trying to wrap her head around um like the fact that she now has to wait you know, a couple of months maybe to get married, something that she's been planning on doing for the last year, you know? So, so for some people, there's that emotional tie. Um, I was talking to one of my students last night and her dad owns a restaurant and you could hear in her voice that she is sharing the burden, the anxiety that he probably has in the business that he's losing. So um, as a pastor, uh, uh, you know, checking in with your, your, your staff, I think this week, Anyone who's a leader and is managing people, whether it's volunteers or staff, uh, or staff, should be reaching out to people just to ask the question, how are you doing? Like, how are things going? Because I know my wife and I were probably crazy people Monday and Tuesday being like, how in God's name are we going to manage homeschooling and, uh, you know, um, and, and work? And while her work uh, job is probably secure because she works in the medical field, me, I'm like, I got to figure out how I'm going to, you know, survive. Right. And so, uh, so people who've reached out to me and said like, Hey, how are you doing? Like it has been key. And, and, and that's what I've been doing with some of my volunteers, especially the ones that I know who are over 60 being like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, I know you're by yourself because you're a widower or it's just you and your spouse or, you know, something like that. Like, how are you managing? Are your kids checking in on you and things like that? And, and I think that's one of the best things that we can do for one another is just ask that question. How are you doing? Yeah. And, and as if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, like you need to keep your staff meetings as regularly scheduled, right? So mm -hmm. keep them and, and you need to do it via regular telephone conference call, but, but there's lots of technology out there. A lot of people use zoom, you know, Skype, there's all sorts of tools out there. And a lot of people are offering it for free right now during this time. And so, um, I've, well, I've used Zoom for a long time and you know, it's a really helpful tool, right? You know, where you can have the video conferencing. Look, it's not commercial for Zoom. You can use whatever thing. But, but I'm saying figure out what technology is out there. It's all free right now because I, mm -hmm. they know that everybody has this needs. Make sure everyone's set up with this. Have your staff meetings as normal and, you know, and, and start planning and, together uh, and thinking about how you're strategizing through this time. And the other thing from a, from a pastoral point of view is you got to check in to your point, Chris, you got to check in more regularly with folks because you, you don't, you're not going to run in to them, you know, on church campus, you know, on a regular basis, like you normally do. And so reaching out exactly your point, like, 
as from from a managing point of view, that's the best practice for managing. When some people are working from home, you just need to stay more connected with them. Yeah. Um, you know, not that work is going to be normal. Work is not going to be normal. That's obviously, you know, but the more that you are connecting and still creating community as a staff, the better. Uh, and you probably need it. You need more of that collaborative effort right now. So, I mean, send your people home if they're not already at home, you know, and, and, and figure out what technology is there like Zoom or Skype or whatever, where you can have video conferencing with your staff. Keep your staff meetings on a regular schedule and then just check in with your individual uh, staff uh, periodically throughout the week a couple times. You, you certainly, if you've got one-on-one scheduled, uh, keep those scheduled, right? You know, and, and start working through that. And, and for you as a pastor, as a leader of the church, you be that calmness for your staff right? Yeah. You be that calm, proactive energy that, that we need. And that's been really beneficial for me. I'm really blessed. I mean, a lot of you, we've interviewed Rich Curran on this show before. Rich is my boss and he is very much that, you know, and I'm just so thankful. He's like, okay, how are we going to, things are changing. Let's go. What are we going to do now? And so we're getting right. creative on how we reach out and stuff like that. So, um, but, but listen to the CDC, you know, and then stay connected and help your staff get creative. Uh, and use video conferencing when you can to make that happen. There's a lot of tools out there for that. But lead. Don't be reactive. Lead. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Lead in, in that regard. And then, you know, also encourage encourage uh, for creation and trying some different things, right? And, yeah. um, and so, uh, like, as a leader, um, you know, especially since probably most of your staff is worried about their financial situation, their job and everything, is uh, encourage them to go try different things, different softwares, different tools, um, uh, things along those lines um, to uh, figure out like what they're going to do with their time moving forward. Um, you know, and, and so, so uh, on top of leading, um, make sure you encourage as well. I had a conversation, Chris, with a, uh, a diocesan staff member and, and, you know, they're, they're being asked to be creative. Their bishop's like, be creative, right? Which is what we need right now, right? So we were just talking about how to be creative and they're running all these ideas, you know, about what they want to do, online retreats, help people fulfill requirements for sacraments and stuff like that. And I said, okay, hold on there, buddy. Um, I said, what are you feeling right now? And he was sharing with me, he's got a young kid at home, you know, like a baby at home, right? You know, it's like, well, I'm, I'm really nervous. Like, I'm scared. Like, I don't want to go out. Like, I really don't want to go out. And right now I'm being told I have to go back to the office, you know, uh, later this week. Now that has changed and now his office is closed, which is good. You know, but he's like, I'm really concerned, you know, about what's going to happen with my health, with my family's health, uh, with uh, what's happening with the church, with, with everything. And I said, okay good that's normal you should be feeling that that's human nature to do that so okay now now think about it you know you transfer what you're feeling to the people that you're serving Mm -hmm. because exactly what you're feeling is what they're all feeling and i think we need to keep that in mind right like and i'm I'm sitting in my own experience here it's like okay monday and tuesday for us this week our first days home you know it's like to be quite honest, was hell for us at home. <laughs> it just was yeah, not positive. Yeah. I had no patience. I had it up to here, right? You know, trying to create, I'm like, so here I am a parent at home trying to create new structure, new, uh, new reality for my family and, and try to do all that. Like, you know, and, and so I said, we need to, we need to take that in and say what we're feeling is likely what other people are feeling. Okay. So yeah. am, am I going to get food? Right. Cause people are hoarding food. Right. Or am I going to get toilet paper? Right. Those are real concerns right now because 
that's grocery stores in some places are empty now, not everywhere, but in some places, you know, transfer that, right? Because, because here's the conversation I had, Chris, and, and I just have, to, it's blowing my mind. It, I, I'm having a hard time reconcile this. <laughs> there are parishes that are still extremely worried about making sure their children and youth are get, are fulfilling their requirements for sacraments. Folks, <laughs> relax like let that be right now because honestly for a lot of folks that's the last thing on their mind to your point you were talking about that young person whose dad is in the restaurant business and she knows that her dad is hurting there are a lot of people that are going to be hurting economically let alone trying to figure out this whole homeschooling reality and no sports and whatever else right you know like i live in the hospitality industry world here like there are a lot of people that are going to be without jobs and without money right you know and they're trying to figure out how do we take care of our family during this time i could tell you for a lot of these folks the last thing on their mind and maybe it shouldn't be the last thing on their mind but this is reality folks the last thing on their mind is the sacraments my parish, I really like what my parish did. My parish said, hey, we're canceling everything. Nobody's going to be denied the sacrament in light of whatever might be missed, right? It just automatically sent that reassurance out to families and said, don't right. worry about it. It's right. good. What do you need, right? So now, and here, here's why I was shaking my head about it. It's like, this is us putting a need on people that they don't need right now. Right. Mm -hmm. This is not part of the reality more where more importantly, like not that we shouldn't be reaching out and doing stuff, but how do we reach out to their pastoral needs, you know, during this time and how do we let them know that the church is there for them? It's not about fulfilling requirements. I'm seeing a lot of conversations like, well, our confirmation retreat has been canceled. So um, how are we going to get them to fulfill that requirement online? First of all, can I just say, you know, not that you shouldn't do a retreat. You can go ahead and do a retreat if you want, but it's not going to be like a real face-to-face -face retreat. Like it's yeah. just, you can't replicate that. Okay. So to think that you're going to get that, you know, is, is unrealistic, but, but think about like, how are people going to commit whatever hours are necessary to some of these things that you're still putting on them say, you still got to get this done. Now I'm not saying that to a lot of people out there, but I have heard that Chris, Okay, I'm done ranting soapbox here, but I was peeved and I need to get that off my chest because people have got to put that aside for the time being. What hey, are your folks, thoughts and reactions? Yeah, yeah first off, uh, everybody, uh, yeah, John was boiling over before we got on live to, to share that <laughs> and everything. So um, not that, uh, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, and it's, it, you know, you mentioned the retreat thing. I think we're on kind of uh, a retreat right now from the world, right? Because like, this is different than anything we've ever experienced. So um, I think all of you, uh, you worried about the confirmation retreat requirement. Uh, don't worry, uh, we're, we're in the midst of that right now. So, um, so yeah, so I mean, it, it's, a, it's a kind of a, a new world or new experience in, in that regards. Um, what I would say is, um, yeah, we, we have to, you know, we, we, we have to almost like reset um, so many different things. Um, I like the idea that that's what your parish is doing. My parish is doing that as well, where, um, you know, all sacramental prep, um, it's kind of like, all right, done. Uh, when, when we get back uh, into the church and everything to receive those sacraments, we're not going to hold against you that you missed one class or, you know, things like that. Because uh, that, that, that just doesn't make sense. The other thing that's kind of interesting is, and I've been hearing churches talk about this, is like how they're going to do their calendaring. Some people are like, oh, now I have time to sit down and plan out my calendar for 2021. 
And I'm like, like, what are you talking about? Like, you're talking how, uh, for me, it blew my mind because I'm like, how can you possibly even think that the calendar you're putting together for 2021 is, is going to be the same after this? Because we don't know the type of financial, the type of cultural impact that this is going to have on society. So it might be um, not practical to have certain events because people are going to be broke because a lot of money is going to be lost. It might not be practical to have, um, you know, formation in the same way because people, uh, people are going to be learning in different ways. I, I, I don't know be, if I did know it'd be, a, then I could say, this is how you should plan your calendar. We don't know how to plan 2021. We don't know how to plan the next two months, the next, six months the next year so uh calendar meetings i can say cancel those right now just cancel those right now until you've uh, outside of christmas and easter you know because we know we have you know we, we've got those but like you know just take some time first to assess what your church ministry is going to look like you know virtually for now while we're all isolated or social distant or whatever and then um, as it becomes more clear when we might go back, um, whether that's three months from now, six months from now, um, I don't even wanna say a year from now, but six months from now, like that's when we start then revisiting saying, okay, what does physical and virtual church look like once again? So don't plan uh, physical church until we figure out what virtual church looks like and how virtual church is gonna impact physical church when we can do physical church once again. Yeah. Yeah. I really like where you're going with this, Chris, because this is not business as usual, right? It's, it's, we, if we come out of this after a month, after two months, whatever the amount of time is, and we're doing everything the same that we did before this crisis, we have blown this opportunity. Like just to be totally, I, I'm right there with you. We've blown the opportunity. This is not business as usual. And I like what you said. Remember we talked about confirmation. You wrote this in your book, Rebuilding Confirmation. If you can, cancel your confirmation program for a year. Remember that was one of your recommendations mm -hmm. so that you can mm -hmm. rethink, reimagine mm -hmm. confirmation. So look, folks, we are in that moment right now. You have been forced to cancel everything. Now, not that we shouldn't still be reaching out and doing stuff, right? But you're not going to be doing things the same way. Now is the opportunity to do exactly what Chris recommends in his book, to rethink not just sacraments, but church life, right? And what this looks like, because it is canceled now. It yeah. is, right? Yeah. And so, so I, I won't go to an extreme and say, don't start thinking about the future. Yeah, the calendar media, you need to relook at that, right? You know, uh, you still need to do budgets and finances and, and kind of figure that out. In, but you've got to think about the reality of the future, right? Um, but now's the time to be innovative. Now's the time to do what, what we talked about last week, Chris, to do what the church has been calling us to do now is how do we go to them, right? How do we do things differently? And this, this is where I think as tragic as what we're experiencing is right now, it's a gift to the church because it's forcing us to get out of our comfort zone, do things differently. And I know that when the parishes and dioceses that I work with, the, the biggest challenge is to get people to change and open to change. Well, now they don't have a choice. And so that's why I'm like, this is a gift, folks. And it, again, I know this sounds bizarre because people are losing jobs. People are getting sick. I understand that, you know, but it's still a gift because this is an opportunity for us to, to rethink things. Now, with the whole sacramental requirements and things like that, you know, put those aside. What are the pastoral care needs? As we talked about this last week, too. We've got to be reaching out. Chris, you talked about reaching out to your volunteers. 
you know, what are the real pastoral needs right now? Chris, you had a, a virtual youth night last night that you said went really well. Like, you know, why did you, why do you think that went well and what made that a, a success in your mind? Well, you know, first I got to give credit to youth ministers like Ken DeMall, um, who's in our diocese and um, other uh, youth ministers out there because um, the, uh, a couple of them j jumped on it right away uh, Sunday night and did a, a virtual youth night where they just gathered their teams together just to talk, right? Um, and I think that's one of the things that we can learn from any kind of tragedy or um, communal change, right, is when, when that happens, bring people together to to grieve, to lament, to share, to express. And so really when we were jumping into this um, youth night idea uh, last night, which I did with Craig Gould, one of my volunteers, he's also the diocesan director here in, in Baltimore, is we we programmed, we, we made it a little bit of a program, which I'll talk about in a, in a minute, but we focused a lot on prayer and reflection to give students a chance to express what's going on. And so John, you mentioned the one, teen in, the, in that youth night whose dad works in the restaurant business and she was really concerned about him. You know, a, another student, her dad is a doctor. And so she's really concerned about him because he's now on the front line uh, of, of, of some of the stuff that's going on. So, you know, for me as a youth minister, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm really hearing some of these students share and I'm not their small group leader, I'm their youth minister. Um, but like they were sharing these concerns and these worries. And so what we did is um, I used my Zoom account um, that I have with with Marathon, but uh, again, there are free versions of it as well. And um, we uh, sent out the link just via email to all the parents, and we put it on fa our uh, family Facebook page as well, and just said, "Hey, at seven o'clock Eastern time, um, you know, jump on uh, this this virtual youth night we're having. We're gonna have games, and uh, we're gonna pray together, and we're gonna reflect together." And so, uh, you know, we use Kahoot which is a great, excellent teaching tool. And it works virtually, you know, talk about like, you can, you can still have your young adult trivia night. If you, if you, if you're looking to have that, just use Kahoot and there's a free version of it. Right. So um, we, we had that little trivia game. That was so much fun, John, because uh, the kids use it in their schools. And so they were, you know, into it and, and they had a lot of fun. Um, and then we uh, did a little reflection on, on the gospel reading and then I was able to share with them a, a music video from YouTube um, where we use that as just a, a chance to reflect and pray together. And, um, you know, it, it went an hour. I think I would go a little bit less. But again, I walked away learning, one, some of the anxieties and fears my teens are facing. Two, um, uh, walked away knowing that I've communicated to them that I, I love them, I care about them, and that I'm here for them. And, uh, you know, three, it, it gave me a chance to just experiment with different ways that I can do youth ministry in, in, in the future. And, and, and I was able to communicate that to them. And I know some parents have already emailed me this morning just saying, hey, thank you so much for doing that. Um, because, you know, right now parents are dealing with their kids' anxieties and fears. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they need that extra person to come in and, and do that. And, and I think it's not just youth ministers and DREs that should do that. Pastors can do that. Um, parishioners, um, if you're a parishioner watching this or listening to this, like that's something that you can do is just reach out to parents and just say like, hey, does your kid need someone to talk to? Like, how are you doing? And, and listening to that. So that, that's one way that we've been pastoral for our parishioners so far. Yeah. And it's good because <clears throat> although you had some programmatic elements of it, <clears throat> the reality is it was more of, of listening and being together, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what people need right now. 
uh, and to hear that. And, and what you did, Chris, is transferable. You could do that with your confirmation group, uh, your high school, your middle school. You could do that with your volunteers. You could do that with the parents of your children's ministry program. You could, pastors, you could do that with your staff, right? You know, that... <clears throat> That's listening, right? That's Pope Francis right there in a nutshell. What you just did is Pope yeah. Francis in terms of let's listen. We have brand new concerns and brand new realities for folks that we didn't have <clears throat> a week or a month ago. Be present, right? Church continues to serve, right? You know, and so, again, this is an evangelizing opportunity, and I really love that. And, again, it's not hard, you know, to be able to do that. Take some organization, right? You got to get the video conferencing technology and invites of that, but that's all stuff that most of us do on a regular basis anyways. Right. You know, as we plan for youth nights or children's ministry or sacramental prep or whatnot. Right. You know, I think it'd be great, honestly, to do that with parents too. Right. And get the parents together. Right. You know, I always say good youth ministry is good family ministry. You got to engage the parents, but you're not going to do this necessarily with children in your children's ministry. Although you might depend on what age group it is. Right. But if you could do that with the parents, man, why so, not? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, one way that we're doing that with kids is our um, director of family ministry. She's been making virtual uh, children's liturgy of the word, uh, virtual club. Right. And uh, she's been putting together little, like, little videos and activities. And we're even one of the things we're brainstorming is recruiting teenagers to make uh, uh, little videos based on biblical stories. Right. Mm -hmm. That they can record and then we'll upload those and incorporate them into a virtual club for people. So, um, you know, I think that's that's definitely um, something that we're doing. Um, Brittany uh, Molda, one of our uh, uh, listeners and loyal listeners, and uh, she's written a review on iTunes. So special nice. shout out to her. She says her priest is hosting daily videos. I think that's another great way. Our, our pastor has been doing the same thing. Um, uh, there's a, a parish, uh, St. John's in Westminster, um, where they've been doing uh, daily rosary. Uh, where the, um, the, the clergy um, who are living in the rectory are just popping open their camera, uh, you know, their phone and going on Facebook Live or going on Zoom and just doing these things with them. And is that sustainable? I don't know. You know, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it's, it's, it's being pastoral right mm -hmm. now. And I think like, you know, John, that's the important distinguishing thing that we need to do right now, right? Don't worry about being programmatic, be pastoral. Pastoral will lead into programs, but programming won't always lead into being pastoral. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to be pastoral before we are programmatic. And again, this is exactly what our documents, church documents have been telling us and encourage us to do. Our Pope is doing this and now we have the opportunity. And I'm gonna keep reiterating that folks, because yeah. we need to keep hearing that. This is an opportunity. Let's be proactive. Let's not react. Let's care about people. Let's reach out to them in ways that we've never done before. Do ministry differently because now we're forced to. And if we come back and do the exact same thing that we did prior coronavirus, we missed it. We missed yeah. it. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm adamant about that. And that's, that's why I'm reaching out to my clients and folks say, how can I help you through this? Like, I'm just reaching out to everybody. It's like, here, Paris Success Group's here. What do you need? You know, let's chat. Let's brainstorm. Let's talk about it. And so, so you, if you want to chat and, and kind of get more into the weeds for, for your parish or your ministry, 
I'll certainly say it for me, but Chris, you can say it on your own, reach out to me. Like, let's chat. We'd love to schedule a video conference with you. And like, let's just talk some ideas out. I threw out an email to a lot of folks I'm in relationship with. And, you know, uh, on Monday of this past week, I said, Hey, if you just want to bounce some ideas off of and connect, you know, <clears throat> let me know. And every single parish that I reached out to at least responded, right? Not everyone scheduled something, but I was just like, everyone's like, thank you. Right. Because we know it's a need, right? So mm -hmm. if you have that need, reach out let me know chris i don't know if you're willing to do the same but uh you know you've got your 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 busy world too but reach out don't be afraid to let me know john at parisuccessgroup.com is my email shoot shoot out an email i'd love to chat more about it with you yeah no definitely um uh, same thing uh reach out to to me um you can either get my email at c wesley at marathonyouthministry.com or uh, reach out to my assistant Alyssa, at questions at uh, marathonyouthministry.com. Um, and, uh, those are direct ways. I mean, uh, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to reach out to us. And, and Brittany, I know you're asking, will I share my outline for my youth night? Yeah. We're, I'll, I'll put that together. I'll, I'll, I'll send that to you. And, you know, and that's the other thing too, is, um, you know, uh, marathon youth ministry with our members, we're, we're developing trainings and courses and, and, and things like that to help people through this. And, uh, and yeah, so don't be afraid to engage with John and I, uh, whether that's, you know, just through the church podcast, um, which you can get in touch with us through the church podcast, uh, website, um, at the church podcast.org or individually, um, you know, John shared his email, I shared mine, um, or, uh, right here on the face, uh, Facebook group or on Facebook, we're both on Facebook. Um, you can pretty much find John anywhere at John Ronaldo, right? And, uh, and that's the best way to get in touch with him or with me, anything Marathon Youth Ministry as well. Um, and hopefully this has been helpful for you guys. And I, I don't know, John, uh, uh, maybe we'll do a little bit more of uh, these live streamings as uh, we find our, ourselves here. Um, of course, we'll still uh, be recording these and, and um, putting them on the podcast um, and on iTunes. And uh, we encourage you guys, uh, to help us uh, get the word out there um, that there are resources, that we're creating resources, there are other resources out there that, um, granted, it's not the answers maybe that we're looking for right now, but it's resources that are going to help us find those answers. And I think that's what we have to realize is that the transferable, there are principles out there that are transferable from non-virtual to virtual world. And uh, together we can figure those out and how to apply those to our current paradigms. So again, uh, for more stuff, uh, to go back on some of our podcasts that are still relevant, um, even in a virtual ministry, go to thechurchpodcast.org. Uh, again, reach out to John at all things John Ronaldo or me at marathonyouthministry.com. Uh, uh, please know that we love you guys um, and we look forward to uh, interacting with you guys more as we continue on in this journey. Uh, John, would you close us in prayer? I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, there's a lot of uh, concern, fear, anxiety out in the world today. Those aren't of you. You know, uh, during this time, may we be connected to you. May we project care for each other. May we be proactive on how we serve. May we be calm and, and may we draw people to you in this time of need, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you send your spirit upon, upon all of us who are in ministry in the church that we can continue to serve 
be creative in re- reaching the pastoral needs of our community, but, but more importantly, send your healing hand upon our world as we, we deal with coronavirus. And Lord, I'm not afraid to ask, make it go away. We pray that, that it goes away. We pray that, that we come out of this stronger uh, and, 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 and closer to you uh, as a world, as a community, uh, and hopefully less separation and more unity together, Lord. So continue to just be with us. Help us be calm during this time and, and help us just find ways that we can serve you. Lord, be with us. And in, in your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye.